Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. With hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get his. I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fan. Hey, we got the Aaron Brooks Drunk History episode up and going. Like 1,200 people have already listened to it. It's phenomenal. It is drunk. It is horrible. It is out of control. Uh, Who did you do you. that one with? I did that one with our friend Ian, who goes on oh, and off nice. of Twitter with the protected tweets. I think he's in one of his phases where he's off Twitter, so you can click on his Twitter link. I think it's gone, uh, but Ian is our, is, our, is our guy, and we love him. And he was great. And me and I, I, told, I asked him for thirty minutes. We, we went for like an hour twenty on Aaron Brooks. So uh, I'm gonna listen to that tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, I, I, tomorrow I did. A, I did a. I did a fantastic job salvaging that audio. By the way, props to me <laughs> for making it <laughs> average. Uh, so we got that. So you can find us on the Twitter, the YouTube, the Facebook. Just search Saints Happy Hour Podcast and donate if you can because we got to keep the lights on. Um. We're breaking news. Saints breaking news today, kind of, Andrew. Uh, give us an update on a former Saint, Brandon Browner. He got into a little bit of trouble. Yeah, so uh, this this was a little weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was arrested in what looks like a – it looked like a cop evading thing. I mean, there was, it seems like there was a high-speed chase. And um, – Let's see. Let me let me read you this exactly. So he was arrested following a police chase. Where? Where he was wanted for kidnapping, Ooh. false imprisonment, Ooh. burglary, grand theft auto, Ooh. and violation of a restraining order. So I hope that was was that in the south. Was that? Uh, it says Azusa County, in the Azusa area. What like what state? Let me check. Because if that's uh, in the if that's in the south. They're gonna put him under the jail. If it's if it's out, in the it's west, in California. It's ooh, in LA. Well, he might be all right. He might be all right. <laughs> but but the good news is in California. There's a good chance because of their love of high speed chases. There's a good chance, Dave, that we'll actually eventually get video of that. Uh, yeah, there's got to be. I mean, most police cars now, I would say, have at least dash cams. We might not get the. <laughs> The, the classic helicopter aerial footage, but <laughs> I hopefully we'll be able to get uh, some dash cam footage. Do you think he'll drop the, do you know who I am? <laughs> you know who I am? I'm Brandon Browner, damn it! Most penalties <laughs> in a single if, season! If he said that to a cop in New Orleans, he'd <laughs> be like, oh, you're Brandon Browner? We're making up five more charges. Yeah, you should have you should have kept that information yourself. I'm tasing you. I'm going to tase you on general principle, and nothing's going to happen to me. They're probably going to give me a medal. <laughs> it's wrong of us to think that way about Brandon Browner, but he was pretty terrible. I think. Do you think Brandon Browner was more hated than Jason David? I hate him. Yes, more than Jason David. Absolutely. I mean, because Jason David, I mean, we talk about Jason David all the time. Pretty regu- Jason David pretty off the field was irreproachable. Right. He was a good guy. He talked to the media. He admitted his faults and accepted them and, you know, was always <laughs> positive and, and trying to get better and trying to move on and, and 
would not shy away from the media, and Brandon Browner started fights in the locker room. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Christian Garrick or was it Larry Holder that he tried to fight? No, it was um, Lyle McKelvin, right? Lyle, oh, Lyle. it was Lions yelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, Lions yelling. Former WWE yeah. guy. Yeah, my boy Lions. Yeah. Lions. That was right. that was fantastic. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> I mean. I could just see it in the locker room. Like Brandon Brown just wanting to kill wanting to kill uh Lance. What does that sign sound bite from? That's from Smokey and the Bandit. It's just oh, that's that. from me. It's not for, like there's like four people in the audience that probably know it. It's, it's just this from me. Cuz I run this I run the soundboard. I take suggestions, but I'm the one that's got to cut up the sound, so I did that one. Um so look, we're they were 17 days out from Saints training camp. Um that actually the Brandon so Browner So close. Want to touch the Heine. <laughs> oh. So that was actually good Saints news that didn't involve uh, off-season news that was terrible to Brandon Browner. But it was kind of not really Saints. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Browner isn't on the Saints, so that has nothing to do with the with Saints. Wait, Saints. hold on, hold on. Speaking of Billy Madison, how old does my son have to be before I can show him that movie? We He's were just not- talking about this today. The edited version, he's probably okay. Your son's like what eight? Yeah. Um, like an edited version, I guess that would like a t- made for TV. I guess that would be okay, but the regular version, probably not. Well, I'm, I'm not going to show him the edited version. I mean, he's got to watch the real thing. So, how long do I have to wait? What do you think? I don't know. Eleven. Ten. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. I saw Godfather Part Two. Part. Uh... Part one when I was like nine, I was like titties. Uh, my my mom at the time, I don't think she remembered that the Godfather had the the part where like they, he marries the Italian bride and they short tits, and she was like, oh my god, she's horrified. It was great. Uh, <laughs> so, when you're nine, and it's too like it's, at that point, you know, it's like it's too late, right? She, my mom was just like, oh damn it. Um, but like the violence and everything in the Godfather was fine. But the but the tits was just over the line for Anne. She couldn't couldn't deal with that. So we said the Saints are 17 days out. So we're we're doing like uh, previewing every position, and and we we started this too late. So we got to cram it in because we only got three weeks left, and we haven't even touched the defense. So we got to cram it all in. We did we did uh, last week we did receivers. The week before that we did offensive line. This week we're doing quarterbacks and running backs. So we'll start with quarterbacks. Um, Dave, I don't really care. Like Drew Brees I heard that Drew Brees guy is pretty good. Drew Brees is pretty good, but like all I give a shit about is Taysom, Taysom Hill. Like the high, the hype is like incredible. So, so what has to happen for Drew Brees? Like he's not even gonna play the first two weeks, right, guys? Is that did he even play the first two weeks last year? Yeah, I think he he might have done like one series. Yeah, I think he missed the first game entirely. And then did like one series in the second game or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So like, I mean, besides the goofy quarterback challenge, I mean, we're not going to get any any like breeze news is going to be bad, right? During training yeah. camp, probably. So like, but but the Taysom Hill, you know, um, the Taysom the Taysom Hill. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. 
How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hype train is fucking real and it's spectacular. But Dave, what has to happen for the Taysom Hill hype train to get out of control and reach like break the sound barrier? Even though it's a train and it's not in the air. Um, I mean, obviously he's got to put together a good game whenever he gets the opportunity to play. He'll, he'll probably play. Yeah, he might get some time in the first game, if not by the first game, in the second game for sure. But does he um, even need a good game, or does he just need a good play? <laughs> like, mean, is, think, is one highlight needs, real play enough? I think he just needs four good tweets from Underhill during the first <laughs> practice, and he's good yeah. to go. He could he could have a bad game by the eye test. But then 48 hours later, Underhill tweets like that based on the film, you know, that he did he did something right or that it was someone else's fault that the play was bad. <laughs> and that might be all we need. If he does if he does something like where he like runs with the ball, you know, he he tucks it and runs. Just, and, just for and like no, well, yeah, whatever. But but like some defender, he's in the open field, and he just trucks some defender <laughs> and bowls over them and keeps running. Uh, oh, yeah, like if there, if there was like one play like that, that would that would that would probably get the hype. You know, well, the that hype gift that gift would live forever, Dave, because you would make it a <laughs> gift, and it would just be like. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that would like ESPN would show that you know that would make like a top ten on ESPN. So then like the rest of the country would then get on the Taysom Hill hype train too. <laughs> but he's gonna like I would think he's gonna maybe start the first preseason game, right, Andrew? They're not gonna go with Savage. They're gonna throw Hill into the fire, right? The first game because we Breeze probably isn't gonna play, right? So it's gonna be Taysom Hill for a half. We get that. It's his job to lose, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think we're gonna really. Get a, you think you think Taysom Hill is is penciled in at, as the number two guy? I, no, I, I don't know if it's. Pen, I, I think I think Sean Payton wants this to be true so bad. Yes, right. they wanted. Uh, I mean, I, you go back to kind of the comments that were made. and He says now that they're blown out of context, but I I I think it was more just about he didn't want it getting back to Hill that he was putting all this anointing water on him without <laughs> actually earning stuff. Yeah. You know, but yes, I, I think Sean Payton is salivating at the at the possibility of having a quarterback that runs like Michael Vick and throws like Randall Cunningham under center. I, I think the possibilities are just too exciting for him. He can't can't even contain his, his excitement. So I would say Taysom Hill. He's gonna get he's gonna get in the first two preseason games. I bet you he gets at least three quarters of work. And that's like the low end. In the like, first game? No, in the first two games combined. Like oh, I could definitely. See him, I could see him playing a quarter and a half in those two games. Whether it's, whether it's say the first half in the first game and the third quarter in the second game, he's gonna get a ton. Like they don't, they don't want Dave. They don't want Phil fucking Savage to be the quarterback. They don't. Or is his name Phil Savage or Andrew Savage or whatever the fuck is <laughs> Savage? He's terrible. He played for the Texans. Um, um, you're well, way off, Ralph. What you is know, it? they're gonna they they want a guy. I, I think that I think if you're talking about a regular in the regular season, if they really if Breeze really went down, uh, I think we need to be realistic here. Um, you know, Tom Savage obviously has some <laughs> Tom Savage I, four real, people and it wasn't him has some has some real game experience so. You know, as as much as people might love Taysom Hill, even as much as Sean Payton might love Taysom Hill, I mean, I think the safe play is to go with Tom Savage. I mean, obviously, you're fucked either way. If Drew Brees is gone, neither of those two guys is uh, uh, any, anything to uh, write home about. But I, I think, you know, Taysom Hill is still a raw work in progress. Let's 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 keep I, I that. I would say fine. this. I would let's say this, it. Andrew. If the guy, if the awfulness happens and Drew Brees gets hurt, one, you can't root for them to lose. You can't root for them to lose because the draft pick is gone, right? Right. I think they, they go Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill, at least if the shit just totally falls apart, he can just run. And at least that's entertaining and gives your offense a chance. I think if, if the doomsday scenario happens, I think it's Taysom Hill all the way, and that's the way they're going to go. 
Uh, one, because I think be- I think it's important. This is the right moment in this podcast to point out that yes, for you Saints fans out there that are JT Barrett obsessed, oh there's a there is a reason why we have not brought him up yet, and that's because he isn't going to be any good. <laughs> I don't know. I saw I saw a minicamp. It looked pretty good. <laughs> oh, I for, I totally forgot he existed, Andrew, until you brought his name up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there there is a non-zero percentage of Saints fans that are convinced that Taysom Hill will not only make the team, but that he's going to be the backup quarterback to Breeze and actually have a good NFL career. Will he, they're, they're Dave, will, he be, will he even be on the practice squad, Dave? Uh, I mean, that would mean he would have to beat somebody out because they're yeah. not going to carry four guys. I mean, well, no, know, the practice gonna... squad, right? They could cut him and they could just keep him there. Mm, probably not. I doubt it. So here's the thing that I was thinking about before we get on to running backs is Drew Brees is scheduled to break the all-time passing mark for yards for the NFL, and it's going to happen like the Washington game, which is like week six, which is like either right before or right after the bye. And, Andrew, I was thinking of it today, and – like, it's not that big of a deal. And I get that it might not be that big of a deal nationally because NFL records aren't the same as baseball records or others or whatever. But I feel like in New Orleans... I don't like, know. They made a big deal out of Peyton Manning doing yeah, it. Like, a fucking... Yeah, didn't they stop the game? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And a, a fucking Saints player is going to break one of the hollowed NFL records and I feel like it's not that huge of a deal. Maybe it'll it'll become as we get into the year, but I feel like it's like it's just like oh yeah, he's going to break the he's going to break the record Monday night against the Skins and we'll go about our business. Like it like it doesn't feel like a huge deal. And to me, I thought about it today. I was like, "Oh my god, a Saints player is going to own like one of the like the gold standard records in the well, NFL." Well, you said it right. You said it right there. He plays for the Saints. Well, but so it should, it should I be think a the, I think the league is immediately Less interested because it's the Saints and it's Drew Brees. Not the league. I feel like Saints fans should be like super fucking excited about it, and we're really not. Or maybe it's just because it's July. I, I just, you know. No, I think the hype each week it will build. So I, I just think you know football is out of sight, out of mind right now. Um, but when that first week comes, and you know, I, I think if the Saints are winning. Especially, you know, if they're doing really well and, you know, it's one of those things where the fan excitement in general is off the charts because they're they're playing well, then I just think it'll add fuel to the fire. And, and it, you know, even if they're awful, I mean, I remember they were 0-4, I believe, against the Chargers when he broke the touchdown, the, the consecutive touchdown record. And I remember that was a big deal. I mean, he stood at midfield and... You know, he had a standing ovation, and ESPN made a big deal because it was on prime time, and Sean Payton was back in the in the in one of the club levels. This was during his suspension year, watching the game. So, I just have a feeling that the excitement will build. If the Saints are winning, it's going to be a prime time game, so it'll make it even more significant nationally. We'll get into it, um, and it's it is going to be a big deal and a big thing, I think. Dave, they project him to break the record, um, like I said, against Washington. But that that that, that record has him at like averaging, I think, like two hundred and eighty yards a game. So like, yeah, it'll be before that probably. I mean, if they have a game where the Saints are behind or something, that could be. Um, <laughs> it could be it could be soon like sooner so like if i was going to pick up you can't beat the tampa game obviously but if you were a saints fan and you were going to pick a whole like do you think it could happen uh the giants game the, like what's a whole like as you look at the saints schedule like how how much sooner could it happen before the redskins game well i actually think it could happen i i think it has a stronger chance of happening later and not sooner you know just oh, because i mean you look at oh, last year and yeah how much Breeze was throwing and how many yards. I mean, he just didn't he didn't have as many yards, and I think that trend's going to continue. I think they'll, they'll try to run the football more. Although you don't have Ingram for the first four games, so that's another consideration. 
Um, but I would say, you know, they're on the road against the Ravens after the bye, um, and then they're on the road in Minnesota. Um, but I could see maybe the Ravens or Minnesota being the game instead of the Redskins because 280 yards a game is a lot, mm. um, you know. And, I mean, I, I just think when you look at the Bucks and the Browns and the Giants, I mean, those are three of their Saints' first four games. He may not have to throw, but for like 220 yards in each of those games to get a win. Oh, yeah. Could it be the the Rams at home, Dave? November? Could that be the spot? Uh, That feels a little too long. Yeah, I think it's going to be earlier than that. Unless he gets hurt or something. Oh, fuck. This is a game. So that, I mean, so, but. I guess my final question as we get to quarterbacks, like, do, because, you know, we, we, we joke about the arm shooters and we joke about decline, but really, there was no, to my way of looking at it, there was no decline in Breeze. And the throw he made in the playoff game against Carolina where he scrambled and hit Michael Thomas for like a 50-yard gain, like, it's just, it was ridiculous that a 38-year-old dude can do that. But I guess, Dave, what's your expectations sort of – Stat-wise, to Breeze, do you think he'll be a little better than last year, a little, a little worse, and not necessarily that he'll play worse, but that, it, like Andrew says, like maybe he's gonna, like it's even gonna be uh, less yards. Like, what's your expectation for him, sort of stat-wise, and, and sort of like in the fantasy mold, if, if that makes sense? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's gonna be pretty, pretty close to what we saw last year. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's going to be any better. I mean, what did he throw for last year? Did he re- did he get to forty five hundred? He gets forty three hundred yards, yeah. but only twenty three touchdowns. Which when yeah, I mean, I think he'll be. Low. I mean, I think he'll be good for at least four thousand yards, but probably not much over that. I think the five thousand yard days are over, um, both just because of his age and also because the Saints seem to be improving and 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 you know balancing their offense a little more. I mean, he was averaging two just under two seventy one a game last year. Which is by far the lowest he's ever averaged right. with the Saints. Right. By far. Right. I, I, I see that trend continuing, um, and but I mean, but every now and then, but you know, you, 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 there are those random games where that get thrown in there where he's got to win the game for the team. You know, they get they get behind early uh, or whatnot. Redskin game last and year. He's, and he's throwing more so than he normally does. So he averages two seventy, but that's because. You know, one game the Saints might be playing well or be playing an, uh, an inferior opponent, and they're able to run the ball more. And, and Breeze only knows needs to throw for 210 yards. Uh, but the other yeah. week he's thrown for 420 uh, for two touchdowns and a field goal in the fourth quarter. Uh, Not having Mark Ingram is is a thing to watch, though. Yeah, here's the, here's the question. Here's the question, Andrew: Is 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 Drew Breeze? Is he kind of because if you look at his stats, and look, he was phenomenal last year. He had a rating of 103.9, and he was awesome in the playoff game. He was phenomenal. Yeah, I think his interception percentage was the lowest of his career. Yeah, but 23 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 4,300 yards. Is he is he sort of going to be in 2018, even if he's still great and Drew Brees, he's a great on-field quarterback, but as far as like the ridiculous fantasy numbers, like – yeah, that's not going to be anymore. It's just going to be—he's going to be a really great on-field quarterback, but like as like a fantasy juggernaut, yeah, not so much because he's going to throw for forty-two hundred yards, twenty-five touchdowns, ten interceptions, and that's nice for fantasy, but not great. Is that—is that kind of where we're going to be with him in, in twenty eighteen? You think? Uh, I don't know. The only X factor—I mean, I keep going back to Ingram it's being Ingram. out, but the only X factor is how good are Cam Meredith and Traquan Smith going to be? Because we know Ted Ginn and Michael Thomas are good receivers, but if they can get anything out of those young guys, uh, you know, if Traquan can come in as a rookie and make an impact, and if Cam Meredith can come back from his injury, you know, Kamara's as much of a receiver as he is a running back, um, and he's going to get more snaps than usual, I think, through the first four weeks. So, I could see the Saints offensively uh, being a little bit more aerial. You know, they upgraded at tight end too. I mean, at le- hopefully, at least for the early part of the season, Watson is going to be playing pretty well and healthy. Um, so, 
I just feel like they're set up to maybe surprise us and throw the rock a little bit more, especially early until Ingram comes back. Dave, do you think uh, do you think that Dave, that that Andrew's correct and that we might see some monster Drew Brees games early in the year? I don't, you know, maybe one, maybe one. All right. So now this is the interesting thing. Uh, so when you say that, Dave, you you just think it's going to be more of like the efficient, yeah, low, maybe one of those games. more running. Yeah, but maybe one of those games, you know, he's got to he's got to he's got to air it out. So which running back besides Kamara is getting the bulk of the carries in those that's weeks? A, that's a great tease and a lead into our uh, <laughs> to going to running back. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the damn. I can't pull the roster up on my computer. My computer. Well, is I've got it. The, the running back. Over. The running back situation is Kamara, Boston Scott, Jonathan Williams, Trey Edwards, Terrence West, Daniel Lasco, Ingram, who's out for the first four weeks. Yeah. I mean, so I gotta like, say that, I mean, that, that, that lineup the, does not instill confidence in me. No, I, I will say no. that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, Andrew, I think you, I think part of the reason they just signed Terrence West is because. You know, they, they had a couple mini camps and, you know, they were like, holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> these guys might not might not be able to cut it. But I think, you know, West, I think it is important to say that West, I mean, he was a starter for the Ravens. He's still pretty young and he beat out. I mean, they worked out DeMarco Murray, I believe, Jamal Charles, Tim Hightower. So there are no, a lot DeMarco of big names Murray in there refused. and he beat them all out for the job. So everybody, that's true except good. for DeMarco Murray. Because DeMarco Murray refused. He's okay. like, I'm not going to your cattle call. Call me in August when you have an injury. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, that's fine. But, yeah, I, I think he, he stood out west as the best of all the guys they worked out, and there were a lot of names in there. So um, that means something. I really like Trey Edmonds and what he showed in preseason last year. And, you know, it was in garbage time against the Bills team that had quit, but he had a couple big runs against the Bills too. So, um I think Weston Edmonds are kind of the leading candidates um, most likely to play, I would say, more so than Boston Scott and Lasco. Scott, man, he's tiny and he runs fast and he's from Louisiana, Andrew. Well, he'll make the fourth quarter of preseason games fun. So at least he's got that going for him. Um, you know, Jonathan Williams is a guy they like a lot. Um, he's kind of a wild card. I don't know much about him, haven't seen him yet. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Terrence West. And I don't think it's going to be that great. Dave, it's the end of your fantasy draft and you're just groping around in the dark. And I told, and I tell you, you got to pick one Sounds of these like things. Sounds like sex with my wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife. So you're groping around in the dark and you got to pick one of these saints, uh, poo poo platter running backs for your fan, like your final <laughs> slot on your fantasy team. Like who are you going with? Poo poo platter. Uh, wait, oh, I got to pick one. You got to pick one of them. Um, you know, An- look, Andrew makes. I think I'll let Andrew say Terrence West, and he makes a good argument uh, for, for that case. Um, you know, me. I think it's going to be. I think one of these young guys is going to be. You know, the Saints always have been seem to have been able to find some rookie or undrafted guy yeah get the hype train going get the that's the train. train baby that's what boston scott that's the hype train. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be boston somebody scott. it's gonna be somebody like that that nobody really expected that's and that's the good surprises point. the hell out of everybody um so but know, will people, it will it be more like traverse cadet nah, or will it be more like chris ivory holy shit this guy's amazing maybe oh, you know Ky- maybe Kyrie robinson something oh. like that you know any any one of well, not not Traveris Cadet. And I, I'd rather I'm thinking more in line of Pierre Thomas. Not not, not as amazing as Pierre Thomas. I mean, Pierre I mean Thomas, Kyrie Kyrie would be nice. Yeah, Kyrie or Chris Ivory, something like that. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. I just think Boston Scott. I just think. I think that's he's got gonna, that's got Traveris Cadet written all over it. <laughs> Travis Cadet, man, he carved out a little career for himself. I mean, yeah. people, Saints fans hated him, but I mean, you know, he, I always kind of liked him for being an undrafted guy. I mean, there were some people that I follow on Twitter that just loathed the poor man. Uh, 
But I'm going to say Boston Scott's going to be the guy. Like, I think he's going to have a fun preseason. I think he's going to – I think he's – I think he's going to get the first crack at it. But, Andrew, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if not only is the Mark Ingram replacement guy not on the roster, I wouldn't be surprised, like, if the Saints make a move, like, after a week, if it goes really badly. That's when they sign DeMarco? Yeah, like, if they would, like stink versus Tampa, they'd be like, all right, DeMarco, fine. We'll give you what you want. Like, because that guy's just like waiting or he's waiting for an injury, you know? Um, yeah. So I still think it's, I still think that there's, it's at least 50-50 that the, the dude at running back, he isn't, he isn't on the roster yet. Um, but I mean, how do we, fit, I guess overall, you know, because we're, we're talking about Dave, we're talking about you know who's going to fill from Mark Ingram for a month, but it's only a month, you know. And even if it's even if it's a total disaster, Breeze could throw his way through it, and they could still be like three and one. So it's it's not like a crisis. But I guess my my question to you is like, what's your expectation of this running game that was just unbelievable last year? Can it, is it going to repeat? Is it going to be better? Is it going to be worse? Like, what's your what's your feeling going in? Because your boyfriend was just lights out last year. Yeah, you want my honest opinion? I don't think it's going to be nearly as good. I hate to say it. I think last year was pretty special. Um, I thought last year was a combination of a lot of uh, you know good good things that all came together and chemistry. And you know, it's just hard to to duplicate that year in and year out. Um, yeah, that's nice. I think there's one thing we're kind of ignoring here, which is that the Saints will be having in their backfield the reigning rookie of the year, Alvin Kamara, and he's going to hold it down just fine. <laughs> uh, I'm also concerned about injury. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we can't plan on that. And I'm not talking about anything major. I'm not talking about, you know, Ingram or, or Kamara blowing out their ACL. You know, I'm just talking about little What's nagging. What's wrong things. with you? Don't even put that out there. God. I'm, I'm, <laughs> here's, my, here's my question to you, Andrew, as far as not will, will it be better or will it be worse. But, but here's the thing. Let's say the Saints – they're like, eh, it's, they're thinking Boston Scott, and he's had a good preseason. They're like, okay, he's the guy. And he gets into that Tampa game, and he's just, he fumbles or whatever. To, you know, like, he's basically, it's a fumble, right? And, and Sean Payton could be like, I'm fucking done with you. And if they decide, you know what, we're just going to ride Kamara for a month. Would you be okay with that? Like, if they're like, you know what, we usually give, like, Kamara, like, 15 to 22 touches for a month. We're giving him 28. Would you be all right with that? Mm, not really. Uh, I just think at that stage of the season, you can afford to lose a game. Yeah. And but you can't afford to lose Kamara for the stretch run. So, so no, I'm not okay with it. You're not going to do the te- even though it would be tempting because that, that's the thing that I think could happen, right? Like. Well, it'll definitely be tempting, and I think it'll be up to Sean Payton and and the Saints to be smart and not run their their most important asset into the ground because they need him when it's going to matter more. What's your well, Dave? You already said you don't think it'll necessarily be as good. So you just think Kamara is going to be hurt? He's going to be whatever? It's just not going to just not quite quite going to be as good. Yes. Yeah, that's dark. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's the darkest time. Sorry, that's just how I feel. I think one of I think one of them is going to maintain or excel, and or be better than last year, and one of them is going to regress. I don't think they're both going to get worse or both going to be better. It's going to be like I could see Kumar being just otherworldly good, and the Saints decide to ride him for a month. Andrew and his stats are just fucking unreal right or i could mm-hmm. and i could see ingram coming back and he gets nicked and he's you know he's never quite the guy you know and he ends up getting like 700 yards and it's he's just like never quite 
it's never quite the same, you know. And, and and to be fair, like Ingram has a history of getting nicked, so it's not like like saying that he's going to get nicked is not some like crazy theory. It's impossible um, to play that position and not get nicked. Yeah, like uh, that Ingram could have another good year and get a third decent contract is kind of ridiculous, you know. In, the, in this day and age for the NFL. So that's yeah. our preview for running backs and uh, quarterback. Um, so we got I asked people for questions, and I said ridiculous gets moved to the front of the line, and people didn't disappoint. This oh, is from, boy. This is from Eric, Dave. If the Falcons win the Super Bowl and get the jeweler that Drew Brees is suing to make their rings, does that make up for 28-3? <laughs> to three? They get it this is a this is an A plus question. What, I was, was the, I was starting to get annoyed because like if the Falcons win the Super Bowl, like that's just like we get that question every week and it's so dumb, like hypothetical. But bringing in the whole jewelers thing was it's very topical. That was a nice touch. Like if it's blue diamonds and it has like the score of the Saints games in the ring. <laughs> oh, that that's that's A plus troll, Dave. Yeah, I'd have to give it to him on that one. <laughs> that that makes up for their for that weird poster that they came out with a couple yeah, of weeks that, that ago. Yeah, that poster was weird, and they hopefully Julio gets mad at them and holds out. But we'll see. This is another question from Reed, and I thought of it, Andrew, and it's a great question. But we have to like break it down. Who on the Saints roster can eat the most pizza? But here's the question: Are we talking like? Regular pizza? Are we talking deep dish? Are we talking thin? Are we talking supreme? Are we talking what is cheese? It? I mean, that, how, would that, how would that matter? I mean, you're just, you're just, well, no, it matters a lot, man. The difference between like a thin crust or like a Chicago deep dish. I mean, that's yeah. Know. But either way, the guy yeah, that's going to eat the most is going to eat the most, right? right exactly. You're it's not. It's not like Kamara's really good at eating deep dish, but he's really bad at eating. <laughs> Thing for us. Maybe. Well, no, not not even that. Yeah. But, I mean, like if Kamara is eating against Ingram, they're both eating the same thing. So they're both eating dip, deep dish, or they're right. both eating thin crust. Or so whatever. who would it be? Who would it be? Well, right. it's too bad. I mean, it's too bad that you can't go all time roster because then it's a, it's a clearly a three man race between John. Norman Norman Hand, Grady Jackson, and Hollis Thomas. I mean, those Sullivan. Are... Sullivan hit buffets during games. Oh yeah, Jonathan Sullivan's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grady Jackson. I mean, I, yeah. I would, who, who's the biggest I mean, guy on the team? I mean, right? Norman Hand's never seen a chicken wing he didn't like. <laughs> Recipes. Um, yeah, RP. Even a cross-faced <laughs> chicken wing. <laughs> there you go. See, I, I hope Kevin's listening. He'd be so proud of me. I just made a wrestling joke. Nice. I, I think. Um, I mean, I would. I would think. I don't know. Who's looking at the roster right now? It's sort like Onyemata might be the biggest, but like, I don't know. Onyemata, he just seems like he'd be disciplined to me. You know, he, didn't he grow up in Africa? I just feel yeah. like he, he's probably more disciplined. I, I would say I think Tyler Davis. I would put my money choice. on Tyler Davison. Wait, I know who. Anzalone, because he's Italian. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> he probably does love pizza. Yeah. Would he? You know what? You're probably right, Dave. Like he would put the 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 um the hairnet on his hair, and he would just be like in there and just kill it. I yeah. Think. Um. Who so man? Let's... Maybe. Oh yeah. He looks like he could put down some pizza. You know, I I think I think I think Kamara can be sneaky because I think I think he works really hard in the offseason, but I I think he can I think he could wreck some bad food. That's the thing. The guy that the guy Joey Chestnut, the guy that wins the hot dog competitions, he's not fat. None of those hot dog eating competition guys are fat. Here's a here's a question. We didn't quite answer it when we talked about the Taysom Hill hype. This is from Chris. Taysom Hill hype train is it unstoppable? If not, play the train and, noise. Play the train noise. Oh yeah. What Andrew? What can kill and wreck the Taysom Hill hype train? Uh, reality. <laughs> reality. I mean, but like, but like specifically, like football wise, like if you were, if you were going to give me specifics, what would you, what would you say it would be? Would, would uh, my guess would be just like that he's, you know, very Aaron Brooksy. In other words, just like <laughs> low IQ, too much like 
backyard football playing and he makes a couple exciting plays, but you know, we quickly realize it's like, great. We have a Johnny Manziel on our hands. Yeah. Like it's, if it's, I would say that would be like, if it's school, if it, if it's all schoolyard, like I'm going to run around and chuck for a bomb and, or run for like a 50 yard touchdown. It's like in the moment, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be fun. It will be like the Tyson Hill and the Tyson Hill hype train is unstoppable. But in the, in the back of your mind, you'll be like, that's not how Sean Payton. Wants I mean, to the be. thing is like quarterbacks like that typically will have some really exciting plays until they get blown up by a huge hit. And that's the thing about Breeze, and you talk about his longevity, is the ball is out constantly. He's not taking a lot of hits. And he's, um, and so, so that's what I would want to see out of Taysom Hill. I mean, obviously I'll Taysom- get excited about the big plays, but what I want to see is can the ball come out quickly? Is he making quick reads and, and just getting the ball out? Because if he's doing that, then he can actually sustain a career. And the thing is, there's a reason why he was playing special teams for the Saints last year, because the dude got hurt all the time at BYU. Um, this is from Alfredo. This is a world cup question. So I'll take it. He says, is football coming home? That's England's like slogan for their world cup. Like that they invented soccer. Like they're going to win the world cup and it's going to, they're going to bring the trophy home. Uh, I have to say England, has has England ever won a world cup in 66 one time? Like like England is there. I don't want to say they're like the Reds. They're they're but they're like a tormented families, and they have this like feeling of dread that's always going to go wrong. Um, so I, I root for them. That's like I, I root for them. They're like my my fun team, you know. Since the United but at States this game. point, at this point, even if they don't win, um, I mean this this is a terrific run for them. I mean it's yeah. it's as good as they've been in a long time. And right? the funny thing is that. They they have been terrible at penalty shootouts. Like they have like the worst record of any major teams. Like they've been like before they won the other day, they had lost like five in a row. And their coach has is like one of the guys who like choked in the nineties in the PK and he like was like, I'm going to make it to where we're not going to choke and we're going to make it a, like, it's not just luck. It's, it's a process you have to go through. And he like set it out like Bill Belichick where he like mapped out every little thing you do in the PK from like how many steps you take, who gets the ball. And it was really interesting. And, and he dresses like a Bond villain. So I'm, I'm all in for, for England. So Dave, this is from Bijon. I think I butchered his name again. Quick roulette question. Bijon Frise. Can you get you can give one of these players a hundred percent health for twenty eighteen? Armstead, Anzalone, Cam Meredith, Lattimore. You can pick one for a hundred percent health. Uh, well, it's got to be Lattimore, Armstead. No, it doesn't. You would pick. Uh, you would pick Anzalone. No, there Meredith? was somebody else. Yeah, Meredith. I would take. I would take Cam Meredith. I think. What? Um, it would be great to always have, assuming Mike Thomas stays fairly healthy the whole season, it'd be great to have two, uh, two good quality receivers. I think the Saints need that more than they need Armstead. They've proven over the last two years that they can rotate out and that's, that's make, a ridiculous answer make do without <laughs> Armstead. That is um, that is ridiculous. I mean, I, no, 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 no. You you take. 16 games of Teron Armstead. If you're guaranteeing me right now that I'm going to have elite, healthy left tackle play for a full season, I mean, I take that over Lattimore because really? Lattimore's still young and he might get nicked up, but I'm confident that, you know, hopefully it won't be too serious and, you know, he'll have a good career and he'll bounce back. But like Armstead, at this point, the assumption is we're lucky to get eight games from him. So if you're promising me a 16-game season of health at left tackle from that guy, because I know how good he is when he's right, um, to me it's a no-brainer. It's Armstead. Well, yeah, the more I think and about Dave it. And Dave makes a good point. Like they, He's right. The Saints have done a good job over the years of mitigating the fact that he hasn't been there. But I just think at the end of the day, I know how freaking ridiculously good he is. And you, and you, you, I, you, I think you, we um, almost forget, right? Like we almost – we almost don't think Armstead is as good as he really is just because he's never available or, or only half available. And when he is playing, he's banged up and he just, he hasn't been as good as he can be. But man, if that, if the stars were to kind of align like they did for Zach Streif in the twilight of his career, um, you know, the, the season before last where he was healthy for a full year and just played the best year of his career, 
if if Armstead could get something like that where his body's finally right, man, I I just think this offensive line would finally have some stability and and be as awesome as they we think they can be. And you, we've got and you. we've got we've got a couple more years left of Breeze, and he's close to um, surpassing quite a few of the all-time NFL passing records if he plays for another couple of years. And, and I, that's why you want Armstead, because you keep him healthy. If you get I, a year, if you, if you get again, a year out of Armstead. Again, we've already seen that they can be okay without Armstead. Am I, am I changing your mind, Dave, a little here? No, no. What no. I'm saying is, is that's is why I want Cam Meredith. I, I, we got a couple more years with Breeze. I want to see him go out with a bang. I want us to give him as much help and as much support as possible. And yes, having Armstead healthy the entire season would certainly help in that department. But again, we already know that the offensive line can move and shake and change things around and do a decent enough job. But if Drew Brees doesn't have... You want more playmakers. I want to have some fun, baby. Come on. Let's go. And you want to stick it to Ryan Pace, too. You want Meredith to drop like thirteen hundred yards, so you can stick it to Pace. I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, I I just thought about that, Andrew. I'm with Dave. I want to stick it to Pace. I'm with Dave. And I mean, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I mean, the Saints actually, hopefully, they should this year have a little bit more depth at cornerback than they probably ever had ever. Um, So you know, Lattimore missed. Cam Cam Meredith having an amazing season is like Ryan Pace firing material. I mean, really I mean, think about it. If, if Cam Meredith plays 16 games, you know, you're, you're talking about 2,000-yard receivers, you know, potentially. You're talking about Mike Thomas and Cam Meredith both being 2,000-yard receivers. You know, plus, obviously, Kamara catching balls out of the backfield. Even Ingram possibly catching balls out of the out, outfield. Watson's back. He's got a great chemistry with Drew. Um, you know, it could. If Cam Meredith, if he's the, he's the keystone to the – archway of wide receivers in my opinion and if he falls into the right place where he's supposed to fall into i think the wide receiver i think the whole i think the whole offense changes if they have that ability what person what percentage of the roster makes uh ben watson and drew Brees' bible study (laughs) (laughs) like let's see you got 55 man roster plus what eight man practice squad so you got 62 I would say I would say like 15 guys because I think there's a bunch of guys that might they're maybe they go to church every week but they're not super religious but they're like you know what it's Drew Brees and it's Drew Brees I'm gonna go and like show my face because I want to catch more passes I want to be in good with Drew so I'm gonna go I think I think you got like 12 guys I like it all right all right, this is another – this is from Guillaume. Who would you start – where would you start Pickford within the Saints lineup? Pickford, of, of course, is the – Jordan Pickford is the England goaltender. He is Everton's goaltender, which is my EPL team, so I watched him, so I knew he was good. He – Guillaume, he starts at corner because that dude is a salty motherfucker. He, he will fight opponents, his own team – Ushers, officials, like that dude is salty. Like they played Panama and they were up six nothing. They gave up a goal because uh, Keir for uh, England fucked up. Jordan Pickford chewed his fucking ass for like a good thirty seconds, and it was six to fucking one because the dude wanted his. What do, you, what do they call it, Andrew? What do they call it? Like he wanted his clean sheet. So like he's a corner dude because he's constantly like. Well, well would mouth. you want him to be a uh, coverage linebacker so that we don't get roasted by a tight end for a change? Oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, but I think his personality is more corner though because he just mm-hmm. talk, the, the, the linebackers talk too, right? Oh yeah. Right. Dave, this is a good one from from James. How would you feel if week one? Uh, Muhammad is starting instead of Marcus Davenport. Um, I mean, uh, at that moment, I'm going to just say if he's, you know, we want the best players on the field. Uh, and if he happens to be better than Marcus Davenport, then, then great. Then that's who should be on the field. Uh, but obviously, I would be, obviously, something is wrong uh, because Davenport is a first-round pick, he's 
you know, of all the draft picks, he's, he's supposed to be the one that's going to be supposed to be coming in and contri- contributing uh, immediately. So I would be very disappointed because obviously something has gone wrong. But at the same time, like, you know, we got to move on here and put the best players on the field. Andrew, I don't know. He might not. I think there's a good potential that he's not starting, that he's like to beginning of the year. He's just like third down rush guy. I mean, that's not crazy, right? Not at all. In fact, I kind of expect that. No. I think if Muhammad's no. starting, the problem you have is that means Okafor is. No, I mean, I, I think Okafor will start. I, I don't expect. I don't expect Muhammad to start. I mean, Davenport will be. You know, listen. If they thought they had anything in Muhammad, they wouldn't have drafted Davenport. I don't know, yeah. man. Muhammad was a training camp star last year, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just forget about him. I, I think it's. I think it's. Well, Okafor. Yeah, it may take him some time. Yeah, he may be a PUP guy because it was kind of um, later in the season. Oh yeah, that's right. So I mean that that's. Uh, but I I think it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting with um, with what happens because defensive end it, it's a, it's it's an interesting um, it's an interesting situation. We'll get into it as we the last couple of weeks as we um, as we preview the defense. Uh, you know, but it, I can't, like Dave said, I can't believe, like, we're, like, it's, uh, like, it's already, like, we're 17, people see, reading this, listen to this podcast, it's gonna be 16 fucking days, and we're almost, like, we, we've almost made it, people, we were at the end, so, uh, that wraps it up for tonight, uh, for Dave, for Andrew, uh, until next week, the bar is closed. Hear that? That's the sound of change being cooked up in our schools. Each day, school food professionals throughout California are working to make better meals for our kids, one tray at a time. These meal planning, sauce stirring, taste bud training professionals are making food for students from kindergarten to high school using fresher ingredients and flavors kids love. The secret ingredient to better school food in California? The dedicated professionals who are improving it every day. Learn more about how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.